Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Victoria Wickham, and this is a Daily Download. Today, you'll be listening to an interview that features Mark Fleming, the chief economist at First American. In this episode, Fleming speaks with Housing Wire about First American's potential home sales model, which indicates the housing market potential reached a 13-year high during the month of August. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Extraordinary challenges demand extraordinary solutions. CoreLogic is uniquely positioned to help you navigate this historic disruption. Whether it's virtual home showings, flexible employment verifications, or automated loan modification engines, CoreLogic delivers the data-driven solutions, targeted insights, and deep domain expertise trusted by the nation's most successful mortgage lenders. Explore how CoreLogic can help you today. Visit corelogic.com forward slash COVID-19. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Today, I'm joined with Mark Fleming, the Chief Economist at First American. Thanks for joining us today, Mark. Thank you for having me. Of course. Listeners, today, Mark will be speaking to us about First American's latest report that claims housing market potential reached its highest level since 2007 during the month of August, thus highlighting the housing market's overall strength. Mark, according to First American's data, potential existing home sales increased 5.6% month over month in August, boosting the seasonally adjusted annualized rate to 5.92 million. During August, there was still a lot of concern pertaining to COVID-19's impact on U.S. sectors. How did the housing industry manage to increase potential home sales during this time and was this growth expected? That's a great question. I think um, when we went into the coronavirus pandemic back in March and the housing market did sort of take a pause and home sales did decline, um, I think we all thought that we were going to have to deal with um, some significant fallout from it. But what we quickly realized in late April and into May was um, the housing market found a way around it. So pleasantly, Um, This was not expected, but it's clearly probably the only, quote, V-shaped recovery um, amongst all the sectors in the economy today. And and as you said, you know, home sales are um, going better than they have before. We're hitting high points uh, for sales in August, and that strength is expected to continue into uh, the rest of the year. Right. Thanks for diving a little deeper into that. Now I want to focus on the factors that have contributed to this 13-year high, which First American says now represents a 70.8% increase from the market potential low point reached in February 1993. The factors you listed are home buying potential, the loosening of credit standards, and growth in home price appreciation. I'd like to go through these factors and discuss how they've each been influential for home sales growth. Right. It's, it's uh, interesting. 1993 was a long time ago. That's 27 years ago. Um, and so we would expect um, over the such a long run as that for you know the a volume of home sales activity to increase largely because there are more people in this country more households in this country sort of there's a inflationary population household demographics long-term story there but in addition to the fact that you know there are more households in the market and the market is bigger Um, We've also seen clearly a long run trend that was certainly accelerated in the last 10, 15 years towards lower and lower mortgage rates. And so 
as you mentioned, you know, home buying potential or home buying power, how much you can afford to buy given your income and interest rates has really helped to increase home sales. And certainly in the last couple of years where we've experienced, you know, sub 3% 30-year fixed rate mortgages, basically extremely inexpensive lending standards, which has increased our ability to afford to buy homes. That's really driving things along with the fact that the millennial demographic demand um, is now showing up. That started about two years ago, and that's really carried us through the last couple of years and certainly through the pandemic over the last few months. That intrinsic demographically driven millennial home buying demand from all those families who, uh, households who are now forming families um, and wanting to become homeowners. Okay, Mark, to pick back up on what you said in the report, you also say since hitting a low point during the initial stages of the pandemic, the only major industry to display immunity to the economic impacts of the coronavirus is the housing market. Can you dive a little deeper on this? Some would say the housing market has been impacted by several different factors, ranging from financially strained borrowers, an uptick in forbearance requests, or even a shortage of inventory as home builders struggle to manage costs and supply. Do you believe these factors have created a significant disruption in the market? That's a great question. So there was a temporary, if you will, disruption in the market that lasted about six weeks to two months. And that was really as everyone tried to figure out how to show a home, how to do an open house, how to see a home before you potentially put down an offer to buy it. Um, We quickly figured those things out and then got back to business. And much of the demand that we've seen um, in the summer and in the summer months that will extend into the fall is sort of this pent-up demand. What's different about housing versus other goods and services that were impacted by, by the pandemic is um, you can time your consumption of it or your decision to buy. Uh, I can't time the haircuts that I miss, they're gone. They're not going to come back. Um, the, the meals at the restaurants are gone. But people said, okay, We figure this out, we wait a few months, and now in the summer, instead of the spring, we go out home buying, home hunting. Um, The interesting thing is, you know, you've heard of the term sort of stay-at-home stocks to refer to the Netflix and the Googles and the Amazons that are doing so well um, in in this environment. Well, if those are stay-at-home stocks, isn't housing the ultimate stay-at-home good? I mean, this is where you stay at home to watch your Netflix and binge your Hulu. So part of what's really helped us um, is is the fact that uh, shelter and a premium on home ownership is even more so the case now because of the pandemic. That said, and you mentioned the home builders struggle to manage costs and supply, the the blessing and curse in the housing market at the moment is a lack of supply. The lack of supply is driving up prices, making homeowners' wealth increase, but the lack of supply is also making it more difficult to find something to buy. And home builders obviously play a key role in adding that new housing stock to alleviate some of the supply dynamics. And so there's tons of demand for new homes, um, but as you say, there's the challenge of how fast can you build them? How easy is it to build them? What are the regulatory requirements that allow you to build them? And, and you know, what does it cost and, and sort of labor and, and lumber are two particular issues. Um, that said, I, I don't think it's 
going to shut things down. These are just challenges that we face going forward. Okay, to follow up on my last question, um, data in the report shows that despite August's increase, the market for existing home sales underperformed its potential by 4.8%, which is around 280,000 sales. Does this also have to do with housing inventory or what else contributed to this figure? Right, that, that's the big challenge of uh, not being able to find something to buy. And what you have to remember about the housing market as opposed to other goods markets like iPhones or, or anything else that you might buy is it's very unique in two respects. One is it's a what we refer to as a heterogeneous good, meaning all homes are different. All, all of them are different. Not like an iPhone, I can buy any iPhone 6 or iPhone 8 of a certain color and style. But when I'm going house hunting, I'm trying to find something that matches my needs and all homes are different. So you have to find the right one. Um, and that when there's not a lot of inventory, the risk is, can I find something that I want to buy? And then really what's important here is the supplier of the good, the homeowner in most cases, listing their home for sale is also the demander they will go and buy a home and so that supply and demand decision is made by the same individual and what we're seeing is that many existing homeowners are choosing to basically stay put get the low mortgage not move that reduces inventory and creates this sort of dynamic of underperformance uh, relative to where we would think things would be if people were more willing to move basically all right, I see. Thank you for answering that. And today, my last question for you is, as we continue to see how COVID-19 impacts the housing market, whether that be with home prices, like you said, or housing inventory and aging in place, do you think growth in potential home sales is sustainable, or are we likely to reach a bottleneck? Um, I think it's sustainable. It may not grow as quickly as it has in recent months, um, sort of in this sort of recovery or rebounding phase from the, the spring. But there are some long run fundamental dynamics that are very positive for the growth of the housing market. And the largest one, namely being millennial first time home buyer demand. Um, there's just millions upon millions of households that are just getting to the point of, uh, of their early 30s and wanting to buy homes. And so we will benefit for a number of years to come from that demographic demand. And as Jerome Powell has strongly indicated, mortgage rates, rates in general, and mortgage rates along with them will remain at probably when we look back on this in 20 years, historically low levels for a number of years to come. So those two dynamics alone should help to push forward the housing market for the, for the next couple of years. Okay. And before we wrap today, do you think there's any other information that the housing market needs to know, whether you're a housing industry professional or if you're a home buyer just trying to buy a home right now during this time? I think uh, as a home buyer, you know, taking advantage of the historically low rates, I think is a key issue. If you're interested in buying a home, now is a good time to do it albeit it might be hard to find something to buy. But what I can say is because of that supply and demand um, imbalance, it's only going to get more expensive. Homes will only ri rise in price. And so for a home buyer, you know, getting out there and, and um, trying to find somebody to buy is a good idea. And the professionals in the marketplace, obviously we're all benefiting from historic levels of, uh, of demand. And I guess I would only simply say, you know, this is not normal. Um, 
you know, there will be times of less business, particularly refinance business, obviously, in the future. Uh, but uh, take advantage of it while it's here. All right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for joining Housing Wire today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap for today's episode of The Daily Download. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts and join us again tomorrow.